All right. We are back with type nine. Your type. My type. So I'm Lee. Elizabeth. And we are have a special guest, Walter, who is another nine. So yes. that will be fun. Thanks for joining us. Of course. And uh, type nine, also known as the mediator, the peacemaker, or preservationist. Uh, the sin or passion of the nine is sloth, which I would just like to say right now are having their time in the sun. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're everywhere. Sloths are, I feel like sloths are on stationary. Mm-hmm. They're cute. Emojis. Emojis. They're mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. But um, sloth in this um, manner, so just like the other types, there's always kind of an underlying kind of deeper definition of, of the word. And sloth for nines means a desire to be unaffected by life. And that is because we have a deep need to avoid conflict or pain or disconnection. I think it's a huge, huge thing, and I, I think that's what differentiates y'all very clearly is mm-hmm. that a desire to not be affected by life. Huge. I mean, I could never say that about myself <laughs> ever. It's the opposite, really. Um, which so, is probably interesting for you because your yeah. partner is a four, also. Right. But, so, how would you say a desire to be unaffected by life? Like, how would you? define that yeah so this means that well there's layers of it but because we are we are motivated by our need to avoid conflict right right so we're motivated by avoiding conflict at all cost that kind of i would say disintegrates into a a way of wanting to be unaffected by life because there's reality is conflict (laughs) there's um and how what i have learned is how i define conflict is not how anyone else would so and i think different nines would define it different ways but whatever might feel conflictual for me it doesn't have to be like an argument it it can just be something inside of myself that feels conflictual. Yeah, right? to me, it's kind of like when things don't come together naturally. Mm-hmm. When you know, if you have to force it too much, or, mm-hmm. yeah, it's conflict. And and I would say how nines oftentimes what we think is forcing it um, is just everyday stuff for other people. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree too. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. So the nines are in the uh, gut triad. So we are in the also known as the body. Or anger triad, along with eights and ones. Um, We are in the withdrawing stance. So that means that we are doing repressed along with fours and fives. Mm -hmm. And we um, get lots of pushback on that. We get lots of pushback. Um, And that is because nines are also along with uh, threes and sixes in that triangle where the thing that is dominant is also what is repressed. So the center of intelligence that's dominant for uh, a nine is doing. So we're taking in the world through our body, through our gut, and what is repressed in nines is doing. So um, again, we're going to put that word in front of, descriptor in front of doing, which is productive doing. So nines are doing all the time. We're just not generally doing what we need to be doing. So and that's another way, you know, initially you might describe sloth as a, Lazy is what you might think of initially. Um, and there is definitely laziness to it, but it's a deeper, deeper need of not wanting to be affected by life. 
And can, can we tell the index card, Suzanne's index card story? Yes. So Suzanne described one time like a nine as um, if if your partner put out on a table in the morning index cards of all the things he wanted you to do, they would all look the same to you. Like you wouldn't be able to say that index card, that's what I'm going to do first. Prioritize. That's the most important yeah. thing to so do. So prioritizing. And so I think that's deeply connected to productive doing because other people who naturally prioritize feel that you're not doing what needs to be done, right? But you're you're certainly doing something. It's just that your sense of priority is different. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay, good. <laughs> it's hot. It is very hard to distinguish mm-hmm. what needs to be done first. The other thing that even being, you know, in my younger life, and even now, but more so in my younger life, that I experience in my life having to do with the, the conflict of doing is that in my mind, if I dreamt of something, the most important thing for me is to figure it all out, like how it makes sense that it pans out and that it works out. And once I have figured it out, I feel like I can wait on doing it. I don't have to act on it. Mm. I already figure it out. So ah. I don't have to necessarily go out and do it right away. And I will take my time to act on things because of that because mm-hmm. it's like well let me know that i really figure it out mm-hmm. and i my experience with that too is that like so my dad's a nine and my mom's a seven and she's always pushing against that piece that you just described so beautifully because she has a real sense of urgency about it and she has a real sense of how she wants to ha- get it done and get it done quickly and i think my dad has a real sense of integrity perhaps, around the way in which he sees it rolling out. And he wants it to roll out in this way that he sees. It feels good to him. It feels right. Mm -hmm. And so if she pushes against that too much, I can see how he gets... We just get more and more stubborn. he He gets stubborn. And I also think part of it hurts him that she doesn't... Even though his timing is too slow for her, it hurts him that she doesn't trust that he has an integrity in that process, right. even yes. though it's slower. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Nag also calls it, in my case, as I find that there's one way to do things. And until I have figured it out, like, how is it that I want to do that one thing, then I'll, I won't act on it or I will procrastinate. Mm-hmm. And so... What I am learning by being with a four, Mm -hmm. who also has a big sense of urgency, is (laughs) how to then negotiate that level of integrity or perfection, Mm -hmm. which there isn't such a thing as perfection, but in our minds, it's like, how do I get to doing it the way that it'll be perfect? Negotiating that with the real life and and the the need to act. Mm Mm-hmm before you have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so. I think, so a part of a way we could talk about this is it's part of the unconscious childhood message for a, um, a nine is what we, what we take in through the world around us, what we're hearing since we were, were littles, is that it's not okay to assert yourself. I think sometimes, at least for me, not following through or not having a sense of urgency can get all jumbled up in that kind of desire piece or not wanting to assert thinking that if I do it, if I just jump in and do it, that some, if I haven't thought it through, then it's going to be conflictual or something's not going to. So it's not even about it being 
I don't even think of the word perfect. It would not be how I describe it, but I don't want it to be the wrong thing that would cause conflict. Right. You know, that would cause some kind of disconnection mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense for me too. Um, and then the lost childhood message for a nine, which is the, the message that we need to hear, is uh, your presence matters. So those are always super intense, just like all of um, all of the lost childhood messages for the um, all of the Enneagram types. Um, so that message would be something that we need to. That what you we, want to we hear. are kind of hardwired not to hear it. Oh right, yeah, yes. that's what you're longing for. We're and longing to hear it, but we set up our world in a way mm-hmm. where it makes it hard for us to hear it. So much true. Yeah, and yes. one of the things I really look forward to doing when we do number nights is getting into how that lost childhood message, how we all self sabotage on that, or co- their con- confirmation bias on that. So I think for a nine, there's all these ways in which because you think. You're not, you're, you don't want to be affected by the world or you don't want you don't think that what you're doing might affect the world or matter. There's all these ways in which nuns contribute to your own sense of not feeling like your presence matters. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self sabotaging. <laughs> yes. 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 And every number does it. Yes. Yeah. That's that's what the personality does, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about sloth. Nines avoid conflict generally at all costs and have a stubborn desire to be unaffected by life, which can feel like a lack of vitality when we're not doing our work, when we're not working on ourselves, when we're not aware of that, we're, we're kind of slippery, we're hard to hold on to. Um, Another way to talk about about it is self forgetting. So because we are so desirous of being unaffected by life. We forget what we might want, what we desire, um, our own views of things, and have a tendency to merge with the views of others because sometimes we just can't be bothered yeah. to, to bring out and do what we need to do to say what we want or to go after what we want um, that we just don't bother or doesn't occur to us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that we don't do the homework of knowing what we want yes. and in my case if you, if you ask me well what do you want to do oh it's okay what you want mm-hmm. to do is fine so mm-hmm. yeah you kind of blend in yes blend in is a good way to talk about merging yeah mm-hmm. but then sometimes a lot of the times you know there's a internal conflict of this is not what i wanted to do <laughs> yes and then ah. that's where it's kind of the passive aggressive right. anger piece comes yes. out yes yeah gross that's i ugh. Hate. I just even hate saying passive aggressive. <laughs> I would like to cut that out of the mm-hmm. podcast, but there it is. So another way to talk about sloth is that we numb out. So um, I'm going to read this word for word. So nines can replace the essential needs, their essential needs with non-essential needs, because nines are not naturally inclined to know or listen to what they actually need or want. This sounds really strange, but knowing what we want somehow in us equates to conflict. It's the strangest thing, but somehow saying out loud what we want feels conflictual. So what we end up doing is we often fill our lives with inconsequential activities to purposely dull their minds or their um their needs or wants, 
um, so they won't be caught by what we really desire. That's a vicious circle. And part of that is because if we say it out loud, someone might hold our feet to the fire, right? Yes, someone might right. make us do it. Exactly. Otherwise, you're still slippery. It's yes. Like, well, I, yeah, I, I haven't know. really figured it out. Yeah. yeah. We are kind of afraid our, if we know what we want and when we do what we know what we want and we say those desires out loud, that um, there might be fragmentation or conflict in our relationships. So mm-hmm. that's just happening internally in us and externally, you mm-hmm. know, so it's this constant kind of monitoring and what ends up happening. How I talk about it often is that we just go to sleep. We just numb out or can very easily just go to sleep to what, what we might want. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's also something about not having to make an important decision. Yeah. You know, because until you until you haven't made that decision, you're still in the, in the process of thinking about it and then just, it's it's within you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it mm-hmm. hasn't gone out and then other people, now now we have, we have to act on it. Now people yes. are expecting, well, when are you going to do what you yeah. said you were going to do? Or, yes. Yeah. It's, and we've joked, and I think I've, even the first com- the first podcast, you know, I said, mm-hmm. this is your idea. This is what we're doing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, you, and I think you just said that way really beautifully. It's a way in which you're kind of backing up it's from it. It's a way of, yeah, uh, like not... You're trying to, like, it's almost like you're trying to create exit strategies for your own responsibility in the situation. Because it I have is. no idea yeah. what my responsibility is going to be from this, right? Yeah. I have, this feels so... It feels... It's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And we've been working towards this and. I love the Enneagram, and the Enneagram is such a an important tool mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. But this, I feel so, I don't know how to boundary this, mm-hmm. right? Which right. is fascinating it, to it, me. It is fascinating. And so I, I can't help but think that, um, so here we are just doing this little podcast, right? And it's, you know. It's just a little podcast. It's just a little podcast. <laughs> and so there's all this boundary mm-hmm. from you around that because of the responsibility that might incur right right and so i'm just wondering like how much nines are going through life doing that which really limits the definition of what's possible for you absolutely what comes towards you and what you know yeah yeah and which is why it's so important for me to do this work yeah i mean i cannot i cannot imagine if i didn't have the tool of the enneagram on board the ways that i would be asleep Mm -hmm. or that it would take me longer to wake up Mm -hmm. to what i want Mm -hmm. um you just catch yourself Welcome doing your in. stuff. Oh, you, all the time. You see yourself doing yes. your little tricks. Yeah, I have lots of tricks. I have found that I wake up by supporting the work of others, especially mm-hmm. of my partners in life. Mm-hmm. I have found, when I have gone back and, and thought about the people that I've been with, I I have inserted myself also in their career and dream and projects and given all. To make sure that my contribution is meaningful and that it's... So I kind of have found to find myself in being the best I can be in that other project, which, you know, I welcome as my own. And um, it has been fulfilling, but at the same time, it also... It's kind of that merging. Right, Mm because it's like, it would be good to find also something that I like for myself. Yeah. Um, But it's it's that everlasting process that of not choosing or not mm-hmm. really yes. doing the homework of yes. thinking too And much. letting someone else choose for right. you, ultimately, right. is what that means. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you're saying it's easier to kind of throw your energy into something that you're kind of supporting right. rather than something that was your idea in the first place. Right. Um, it feels less I, conflictual or less, it, you feel more bravery around it. Or? I don't know. Somehow it comes more naturally to yeah. me. And, um, and then in doing so, I find a niche for me, like mm-hmm. a, something that that I like to do mm-hmm. as, as part of that. And, um, and it's fulfilling also in in seeing the other person's dream come to fruition and i don't know it's something that somehow Mm -hmm. i I, i'm able to make it seem very personal as well so Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if it's good or bad but it's what i have i think you just have to be aware of it right you know that we it's good for the other person for the other person that's great (laughs) it's real good for them until until we decide oh you didn't ask us what we wanted or we you know, our little passive aggressive. Yeah, well, that, that that's yeah. always going to be present because you you also like you said before you want to make sure that your presence is um, I don't, I'm not sure exactly matters. matters. Mm-hmm. So in that process, you also want the, the validation from others that oh yeah, you're what you're doing is important and all of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or whatever opinion you have about what needs to be done. Or so yeah, it's not easy. So, um, mediator or peacemaker uh, is often what what we're called, and it's I would say in lots of ways it's the gift of the nine, and it's the you know. But oftentimes we talk about the enneagram. What is your gift to the world is also what takes you out, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's the thing that you na- are naturally inclined to offer, and it's the and it's also the habitual way that you're in the world. And so, mm-hmm. unless you're aware of it. And how you're offering it, um, and ours ours is this sense of peace or harmony and um, mediation. So nines naturally uh, see both sides of everything. Right. They are capable of harmonizing conflicting points of views, cap- capable of seeing two sides of everything. But we're not neutral like a five. So um, fives are so kind of in their head that they really can offer neutrality. Most of the times we we see different points of views. We very quickly will tell you the other point of view because I think if we're not aware of what we're up to, that's our way of kind of taking down. Like if, if you're angry about something or if you have a conflict with a friend or a partner or at work, if I'm not doing my own work, I can very quickly just make up the other side of the story for you to somehow, mm. in my head, de-escalate yes. the situation. So it's and, it's connected. This kind of seeing both sides to everything feels safe to us and feels like it's going to avoid conflict. Yes. Um, and I would like to yeah. say that my new term for that uh-huh. is sometimes it can feel like aggressive harmonizing. It is aggressive harmonizing. And I, I, so. I, so I, I feel like nines often get characterized as this kind of wonderful, uncomplicated, peaceful, loving, easy person. It's not. And the bottom line <laughs> is like, actually, I think it's a disservice to you guys because yes. y'all are so much more complex than that, honestly. Yes. And I, I feel like in a ways y'all can, y'all can choose to like quote aggressively harmonize things when no one in the room wants to right and or it just needs to be dealt with and it actually doesn't feel that conflictual to everyone else so the way in which you're like ooh let me just harmonize this situation to everyone else that can just feel very actually dismissive 
Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I've learned, I, you know, I work a lot with people who are experiencing trauma or grief. And so I, it's really interesting to watch myself in those spaces. And I think I'm really good in my professional world doing that because I'm, I know kind of what I'm up to. So I can utilize kind of my peaceful energy and allow people to be really angry or just lose it and and not have to shut them down. And if I find myself moving in that direction, I think, ooh, it feels so aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it's not my grief, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I get to let people be where they are. And if they're angry, they get to be angry. Right. You know, and so. But a non who's not self-observing doesn't hard. see that, that yeah. distinction. Right. And that's yeah. one area where I have where I have, the, have it on board. Who knows all the other places I'm like aggressively harmonizing the world, you know, <laughs> just making it, making it not conflict free zone, you know, just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, growing up when I was in school, I would always kind of think, I don't know if it applies directly to that, but I would always think to myself, things that the teacher would be too stressed out about making sure that we would understand or something like that. I would go, I don't need to know that. Like. I, <laughs> <laughs> I would, you know, turn the page and I go, okay, she can, she can do whatever she wants. I'm going to let her do, what, do that, but I don't need to know, know that. I, mm-hmm. That's not something that I need to. And and I went, I have gone through life coming into situations like that. And mm-hmm. I think that it, it relates to what you just said mm-hmm. in the sense of letting other people deal with whatever problem it is. And yes, you want to bring peace to whatever situation they're going through, but not necessarily having to insert yourself to become that or, or feel, right. I don't know. Do you be, feel like it was your teacher's stress? Like is the, her stress around that is what made you go be like, I don't like, is that what activated I your I don't know what it was, but I found be. myself doing it a lot. It was like, that's not something <laughs> that I need to worry about. Get caught up in. Yeah. She was know. worrying enough for everyone. Yeah, like, probably. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but it was later in life, I kind of, took notice of, of that there was like how did I even come to even go through that process like mm-hmm. or, or think of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we can aggressively harmonize I think that that is super true and then in the midst of that so in the midst of just kind of being naturally inclined because we think what we think is that that's going to give us ease and peace right so we're naturally seeing both sides of the, the story um, thinking of all the different kind of ways and what ends up happening in other instances, because that's our way of being, is that we kind of get caught in this kind of ambivalence, this numbing out, this um, one being unaffected. So we do a lot of fence sitting sometimes or we don't choose. So we we don't make the move. We don't do we do a lot in our head. We do a lot of planning, perhaps, or a lot of daydreaming, and and we don't we don't make the move, right? right. So we we kind of get stuck in that, seeing all the sides, and get paralyzed by it sometimes. A lot. A lot. <laughs> it can happen a lot. A lot. So um, nines, um, along with fours and fives. So talking a little bit more about being doing repress or with the withdrawing stance have a difficult time believing that who they are or what they do will actually have an impact on the world. And we 
have joked multiple times about Elizabeth and I are both doing repressed and have been chatting about the Enneagram and learning about the Enneagram for 10 plus years now. And to, to actually do something or to believe that we have something to offer or dip our toe into the ways that we have something to offer is the last thing that occurs to us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it's really hard. So if you, for a nine, if you take that piece of being doing repressed or in the withdrawing stance, couple it with the lost childhood message that your present doesn't, presence doesn't matter. Um, it's really kind of difficult for them to believe that offering their point of view or offering what they really desire or that you'll even notice if we're not there. And I, I remember when I first started doing Enneagram work and we were, we'd known each other for a long time, Elizabeth, and we, it was for your eggnog party and I'd RSVP'd and I don't, you know, somehow my energy level dwindled that day and I just could not force myself to come over here. And I, I literally thought she, she'll never, there's so many people at this party. It's crazy. She'll, you'll never notice that I'm not here. And I remember like two weeks later, maybe we were driving to Dallas mm-hmm. for an apprenticeship and you were like, where were you? <laughs> that hurt my feelings. I mean, you basically were like, it hurt my feelings. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, I couldn't even really tell you why I didn't come. It was all in my nine and energy stuff going on. And you ver- articulating that out loud really helped me to start understanding that it does matter. That when right? nines choose to not participate, right. we all notice. Yeah. We, that which is still hard for me to that's take. That's a great in. compliment. Yeah, <laughs> to a nine. Yes. Yeah, it's so, and it's so bizarre. Yeah, it's so strange to me still. And also, I think because y'all typically, you know, you're not aggressive, right? Because you do see both sides of everything, mm-hmm. and because you are kind of the last person to dip your toe into the situation or to offer us your point of view, we desire it more. You know, or I, I feel that I, I'm looking for it more, and so when when you're not offering it, I mean, in some ways, that's also a kind of that aggressive harmonizing piece. It's like, where are you? Yeah, you I mean, it's, a, like, it's kind I, of a passive aggressive way of come towards of doing me. It. Like, I yeah. want you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I when can... y'all choose to not come towards us, it it that has an impact. Yeah, yeah. But it comes from that place of the place of uh, maybe maybe they won't notice. Yeah. It really doesn't. Yeah, no, there's a real much. modesty around yeah. it. I understand yeah. that. Yeah, and it's an interesting because it's not like a self-deprecating. They won't notice. It's just, it's just kind of how it is. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Just how it is. But I have noticed again when I comment on things that Nick is working on or something he asks me what what my opinion is he he values it a lot and he one of the things that he always says is that um I tend to think about what my comment is going to be like not just something to just say something but mm-hmm. a very thoughtful process which I hadn't maybe because it comes naturally to us we, we you don't think too much of about it mm-hmm. but when you learn from other people that they are appreciative of, I suppose, the integrity of your feedback, mm-hmm. it makes you realize that mm-hmm. your presence does matter. Yeah, um, because you risk giving the feedback. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 You have to risk showing up to mm-hmm. be present. Yeah. yeah. So a- another way to talk about sloth, because a lot of this is this whole slothful 
way is nines fool themselves into believing that they don't have any needs. And we really worry about burdening people when we when we do. So you can substitute the word desire there. You can just substitute the word need. Anything that's asking someone for something for something is really difficult um, for us to say. And so in a, in a way, it's this kind of being unaffected by life that makes us kind of think, well, we don't really have many needs or we don't have many desires. So yeah, that's sense. that whole kind of numbing out yeah. piece. Uh-huh. Another way to talk about that is um, ambivalence, which you you kind of gave this example in the beginning that we have a lot of, we ask lots of questions. So there's a lot of self-questioning. It's different than self-doubt or self-worth. Um, of the of the six, you know that that mm. it's it's not that, but we ask lots of questions of ourselves. Well, is this what I want? Is sh- should I should I say this out loud? Am I, you know, do I want to go after this? Is this the decision I want to make? So lots of questions, self questioning, which in the end, we we think it's ma- a kind of avoiding conflict, mm-hmm. right? Because if we don't um, say what we want or we don't ask for the wrong thing, but ultimately it leads to indecision. A lot. <laughs> and it feels safe, but by not deciding, we are making a decision. That's so much true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the vicious cycle. By choosing not to choose, we are choosing. Yes. And, you know, when I think, if someone were to ask me why working with the Enneagram is so important, when I say a sentence like that out loud, and I think, if I got to the end of my life, and I live my life by not choosing, it makes me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is all the motivation I need to do this work, right. to be awake and make some decisions, to get hurt, to yeah. feel conflict, all of those things, like that sentence not making decision is making a decision. Yeah. Yes. That should be a powerful motivator to all, all yes. of us that are nines. Yes. 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 I hadn't, I, I hadn't given much thought to that, but that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to have to remember that. And I think um, also Enneagram showing us that like no one else is responding the way we are. And we just assume they are. Right. So when you're in relationship with a nine, you don't take that in that they're not making a decision. Like for the rest of us, we're not operating that way. So yeah. if I don't make a decision about a relationship piece, then I am not choosing you. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like if I just kind of don't make a choice or I don't say or I don't advocate. That means something If I don't for you. advocate for you mm-hmm. when something gets a little bit sticky, then I am I'm doing that because I'm actually advocating for the other person. You are aware of what you're asking. I am aware of yeah. that. And so when nines, when you're in relationship with a nine and they're not doing something because they're avoiding, then you assume that they're just not there for you. It's the yeah, same it way. it could be reasons. misinterpreted, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's helpful or not. But it's I, so helpful. It is helpful, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, You know, going back to the story of you saying, where were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knowing that I could have hurt your feelings and how it wasn't like a shame thing for me, but to think, oh, it does, it does matter if I show up. Mm-hmm. People do notice. And when I, 
when I choose not to, I could hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Or that, just has an impact. It has an impact, right? Yeah. I mean, you did not, you obviously didn't sit in the corner and not enjoy your party. Berate you. <laughs> like, yeah, you were like, where is that Lee Jackson? Um, another way that we might talk about nines is stubborn. And, I've heard um, that word before. Yeah. <laughs> and I think lots of numbers on the Enneagram are stubborn. We are just do it in a different way. So because of our motivation to avoid conflict and to not be affected, um, our desire for peace often becomes a stubborn neglectfulness. I have here, this must have been a sentence that Elizabeth wrote. It's like smoke mist. It can be very hard to grab onto or to talk about, for us to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm, that we don't even know we're being stubborn sometimes. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Although sometimes we do in a mm-hmm. passive aggressive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and nines don't like to be affected by life. And we are super aware of powerful external forces and situations. And so part of our stubbornness, part of our desire for peace, when something feels really aggressive outside of us or powerful, we can drag, like, shut down, real shut fast. down real fast and um, choose not to make decisions, which can sometimes be helpful for us in the sense that we won't merge, Mm -hmm. you know, that we can just dig in our heels. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes there's not a lot of in-between. It's kind of a merge or don't tell me what to do. Yeah, Um, I mean, I almost feel like it's uh, your castle and and like some horses are running around out there and they might just be running around out there and you you pull all your drawbridges up. (laughs) Like you see those horses and you're like, my drawbridge is going up right now. What what are those horses going to ask of me? Are they going to disturb my peace? What where did these horses come from? You know, they might be bearing the queen, or they might be at war. Right. You know, we don't care. You don't care. We don't care. We just put the drawbridge up. We just put the drawbridge up. It does happen. It's 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 so funny. I'm learning so much about my own personality. It does happen. Yeah. It's. I think that we see it as protecting ourselves Mm -hmm. from conflict. Yeah. The world. The world. And part of that is if you are talking about the energy on the Enneagram. So we are in the gut triad. And part of being in the gut triad is that we have, which is funny because we are trying to see both sides of every story, but, or every, everything. But we actually have an immediate like or dislike. To yeah, we make a decision. We, yes. we may see both sides and uh-huh. we may be able to argue both sides of the argument, but. We know. We know which side we're rooting for. <laughs> yes. So, can I ask y'all? Does is that related to the quiver thing? Like, you know how Suzanne talks about arrows and quivers. Oh. Like, do you do you do you say like if you're going to get pizza or whatever, and you don't go because you let everybody else get to go where they want? Do you kind of does that? Do you stick that somewhere? That decision to not pop up and say this is what I want. Yeah. When every time you don't do that, do you stick it somewhere? I, I don't know that every time. So I so I would say the immediate like or dislike about things or immediate kind of reaction. Going back to your so I would say two two different categories I would talk about that in. So part of it is your horses playing outside of our interior castle, right? <laughs> that we just make a we I make a knee jerk reaction. It is 
gut and I decide I don't like that. I don't mm-hmm. like that horse mm-hmm. and I'm done. Right. And I pull also, it up. And the like way you pull your drawbridge up yeah. is very peaceful. It's very peaceful. No like one... you're really good at doing it very yeah. calmly. Yeah. Where everyone around you thinks it's just yeah. very chill. Yes. Yeah. And it's but funny, my boss will call me on it now. Like I when I do it at work too. and you call it on too. <laughs> like she's like, Well, you already decided. And I'm like, I know I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to open my, now I'm going to be like, now I'm trying to open my drawbridge back up. But there is, it's a gut instinctual thing and we're not always aware of it, but that's going on inside us. So. Oh, yeah. And I think that to what you were saying that we do it in a peaceful manner, mm-hmm. it's about the self-preservation as well. Mm-hmm. I think that we feel that if we make an announcement, that's going to be worse. Mm-hmm. Or if you do it very dramatically, right. like an eight or a seven would, mm-hmm. like yeah. you, you would never do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that if I have made a decision, it's that's good enough. Mm-hmm. I already made the decision. This is what I'm going. Th- that's the way that I'm I'm going to go about it. Mm-hmm. And um, it may come back to haunt you or to hurt you if you are too open about it or too explicit about it mm-hmm. with because the rest of the world. It could cause conflict. Right, especially mm-hmm. with a person that is receiving that, mm-hmm. you know, the bad side of that decision or them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then the what, what was your other, you were asking about? I'm just wondering about if like, because I think with the passive aggressive piece, like mm-hmm. I just wonder if all those times where you're like, if you want to say it's my presence doesn't matter in this moment or my opinion about this doesn't matter enough to speak it or my preference is not, I'm just going to stuff it a little bit. I'm going to not voice it. I'm just wondering if those are like little quivers. And then when you get passive aggressive, it's not so much about what's you're passive aggressive about exactly though it might be, but I just wonder if it's like, you know, if you exercised, your presence mattering in little ways all the time if you'd be less passive aggressive. Yes. Or and that we would be read as less less passive aggressive. So because mm-hmm. I think sometimes what is happening is that we're choosing to say what we want mm-hmm. and maybe it comes out awkward or um, all of those things all of the times we've said we what we don't want or what we've we've stayed silent or merged with you once. that the force in which it comes out can feel like surprising surprising shocking and and of course i think it can feel like a passive aggressive thing like it wasn't important to me you know 10 weeks ago but now it is yeah now it is and i'm gonna tell you about it i think that it would be a good exercise for us nines to practice more that putting ourselves out there and saying what's inside of you know in our minds and and making our opinion matter because it does stay with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're thinking about it. Why did I not say that? Or why did I let them choose this? Or, you know, this is not what I wanted to do or something like it. I mean, sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes mm-hmm. it, it does stay with you mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's, we've talked about mm-hmm. the different ways that numbers, you know, flex their muscles. I would say learning to flex our conflict muscles and it will not read to the rest of the world like conflict. But learning to speak what we want, learning to say no, or, you know, or learning get to out say of yes, or, or, or yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but that feels like that's conflictual mm-hmm. in the world that we've set up and the way that we take in reality. And so that's the work. That's mm-hmm. the doing. That's the bringing up productive doing 
That's part of it for sure. So in the midst of all of this, we've talked about fives having an energy meter, right? So they start the day with a certain amount of energy and um, need to get all their stuff done before it, their energy runs out. Nines can feel very similar. Like I feel I relate to Nathaniel a lot um, about how he's kind of boundaried and doing doing uh, and not doing things. the way y'all are kind of managing your energy, M- managing our energy. Yeah, you're involved with managing your energy. Right. Yeah. And the nines, though, are doing that because of their boundaries. So nines prob- actually have less energy than anyone on the Enneagram or that's kind of the narrative mm-hmm. I have learned when I do my work I have more energy than I than I thought I did mm-hmm. right that that's usually a lie that mm-hmm. I'm telling myself because of my boundaries and that's because we are internally boundaried and externally boundaried so we are trying not to listen to what we want on the inside and try not to have conflict within ourselves and we are trying to keep everything at harmony harmony harmonizing outside of us mm-hmm. and so I'm always amazed when I realize that I am sometimes I think about this with work like I think if I could only get this job this um, you know imaginary job I would have some sort of psychic ease and peace in the world right like I'm so driven by this idea that somehow I can be at peace complete peace Mm. Um, internally externally all will be right and I how much of that drives me in very illogical ways. Hmm. Um, and so we are, we are constantly internally, externally trying to keep the peace, and that is exhausting. So that's the energy, yeah. the energy piece. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that being at peace is definitely a high priority for mm-hmm. for me. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, clearly it's 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 a characteristic of, of the number. But yeah, that's the nirvana. Nirvana. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and I think, I, I think in some ways I'm going to, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to be at peace. I believe in that too. <laughs> and so like, I guess the um, internal boundary piece is also a big piece of the That's passive huge. aggressive thing. Cause whenever you're in relationship and with, and you, something pops up in your, inside you about that person that if you, inter- if you really pay attention to it it would be really a lot right it would be even though it's kind of small mm-hmm. uh for some maybe someone else like to pay attention to that would feel very dangerous maybe and so but it you, might demand something it might demand it. something or it might yeah yeah and so you put you you shut that off and so when it pops up it pops up in a passive aggressive way yeah, or passive aggressive um or uh, the way I see it with some of the nines in my life is it pops up and they tell me about something relationally that's hard for them, the way they feel um, like they're sacrificing too much or they're not or they're taking it, gr- take it for granted too much. Mm-hmm. And then the minute I respond to a nine friend or whatever to try to, you know, kind of be um, sympathetic, they pull it back. Yeah. And so I can't even give that person my sympathy or continue the conversation even because it's like even that quick admission yes that they feel that way in a relationship mm-hmm. that's important to them that was too much and so i so it just then it like it's almost like the curtain of oz just comes down again and it's gone yeah. it's over 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. We're very slippery in that way, I we think. Are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I've noticed, much like fives and I fours as well, I think doing repressed people in this stance have a very active internal world. Um, when I was, I knew nothing about the Enneagram, but when I was in college, I came across <coughs> Teresa of Teresa Vavala, mm-hmm. who talks about the interior castle, and mm-hmm. Suzanne, you know, talks about Joe, her husband, who is a nine, having an interior castle. I was so enamored with that as a nineteen-year-old. I got her collected works. Mm-hmm. I read everything. I was. I imagined. I, I just spent so much time with her mm-hmm. <laughs> and creating an interior castle. And so we have a very active um, inner world happening. Mm-hmm. Lots of inner talk. And um, so we get confused, kind of like a five does. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes Nathaniel thinks he's checked things out with you. Nines feel like, because um, when they actually say something out loud, that it's the intensity of it for them is much bigger than than anyone understands, right? We feel like we've been just complaining forever, talking about it forever. That's all we talk about when we might have said two sentences about it. Yeah. It's a real disconnect that we think we're, we're too, we much, said too much or we're going to be too much. Yeah. But sometimes we do nag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sometimes we do nag. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's out of the fear that you were not understood. So if I say it again, maybe you'll understand it. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Like once you choose to say something. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to be understood. And I'm I'm not sure that you understand where I'm coming from if if your reaction is not what I expected. Even though I wasn't expecting a specific reaction, but you, in putting it out there, you You sort of... something. Well, you expect that you're going to be nurtured and... and, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he decided to come out. Let Let's roll out the red carpet or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. When we do show up, there is kind of this interesting, or when we risk talking we, about we, it. Right. Yeah. Well, can, can I ask a question? So, like, I noticed that with Nathaniel a lot as a five, that he will repeat things. He'll say something that's important to him, and then he'll repeat it in a different way, maybe, and maybe say it two or three or four times. And then we, I have to say, yeah, I, I got you. Like, I heard that. I'm, I'm hearing it. And I think that's because he's locked in his head and he mm-hmm. wants to make sure that everyone got it the way he's thinking about it. So how is it different for a nine? Like, because I think fives and nines get so confused so often. Yeah. So when you say you repeat it because you want to feel nurtured, Right. Well understood that you or understand understood. what I said or where I'm coming from or what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more, I think it's similar to mm-hmm. if, if, it's I similar, did, if, but... I, if I did not hear a reaction mm-hmm. and ideally also a then a response, mm-hmm. then you think that I kind of have to say this again. This went mm-hmm. right under mm-hmm. you know, the radar and, and so I repeat it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I think that it's in similar. my case, it's a similar okay. thing, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's because we are risking asking for what we want. Yeah. And so... Then you want it to be important for others. Yeah. That makes sense. Something in that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Another um, characteristic of nines is something called right action. And this is the idea that conflict 
even if it is the worst conflict ever, the worst imaginable conflict for a nine, does not matter if the nine is doing what they know they need to do. Like if they know that they know that they know this is what they want. And then it's right. And that it's right. And I don't have to be able to explain it to you. Um, I don't, we don't care what the fallout is. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be the worst, the worst fallout, um, ex, you know, for folks around us. And it can feel so conflictual. Um, and usually it has to do with big life events. And Suzanne says that right action happens just a few times in a nine's life. The more that I'm doing work with the Enneagram, I feel like the more I practice going after and listening to what I want and flexing my conflict muscles, that I can live more in that space of right action. But I have certainly had the experiences where I have made decisions that I know are the right decisions that have a lot of fallout. And it's not that we don't care, but it's just okay. doesn't bother us that there's a lot of conflict around those things. And that's known as right action. I don't know if you've had that experience, Walter. I, I have. I have. And my reaction, I've had like a dual reaction to that. Like I've had situations in which this is what I feel to be true and to be right. So I'm going to say my opinion and I'm going to, and, and, and to me it has happened more, more often than not in trying to save someone like mm-hmm. or someone's conflict. So this is what I think you should be doing. And, and, and I find myself telling friends over and over, you're on the wrong path. This is what you really need to do with, you know, like, and, um, and I know that they resent it. And, and I know that they also appreciate that it's coming from a good place, but it's not my place to make the decision for them. And, um, but yeah, sometimes once I have made the decision, it's, it's a little hard to, take a different stance yeah and for me usually when i think of right action i think about sometimes it's risking saying out loud you know i've done that with my family Mm -hmm. you know where i've said this is not how i'm gonna be anymore and here's what i'm choosing um sometimes it can be with a a job Mm -hmm. um i always probably maybe about 10 years ago i'd had i'd like several boom 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 kind of right action decisions that felt super conflictual or would normally be characterized by me as conflictual. And I remember, especially like seeing Suzanne or people close in my life, like all of these hard things were happening and they would be like, you look so great. You know, Mm -hmm. like I think because I was doing and I had vitality. Mm -hmm. So even though there's a lot of conflict, so if a nine can float above themselves when they are in that right action space, and see how vital they are and how they are connected and awake in the midst of conflict, there is a lot of gleaning that can happen in those times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, as always, the work for a nine is just going to be to practice what we think is conflictual. So to practice conflict, um, practice saying what we need, practice saying what we want. Um, showing up, all of those things, and I think. Um, yeah, I think yeah. in my case, I saw a lot of that earlier in my life when I was making decisions as to where I wanted to go to school. I I, I grew up in Puerto Rico, and I New York was a place that I always wanted to go to in in college, and I never thought that it would be a 
possibility. And then things happened after I was in college in Puerto Rico, where I ended up going transferring to NYU. And I don't know where I found all that energy and determination to make it happen. But I mean, once I set myself to on that path, mm-hmm. I knew that that was the thing that I had to do. And I I was in perfect harmony after after that and yeah. um, and like that I had awesome. a, a couple other situations um, of having to make decisions early in life that are important to you and I I could also see myself at peace and and so happy and and thriving mm-hmm. after having come out and, and 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 do that and regardless of what others thought right yeah. right because you know it's a you know and are trusting your gut deep down, whether you can explain it or not, that it's yours, that yeah. it's yours to do, or it's your decision to make, or what you what you want, what you need to do. Um, so would, you, would you say it's fair to say that a nine's willingness to risk a little bit of not peace actually offers you a deeper peace? Oh, yes. That makes a lot of sense. Yes, yes. absolutely. You don't know it before you decide to speak up or or you know come out and say it but but you do experience that after you have it like oh my god that was so liberating mm-hmm. and like i always think i'm so connected and want peace so much but who says that peace is the best life right like yeah. i also want <coughs> the heartache and the vitality or however we describe that i want to be connected and engaged mm-hmm. And so my deciding that peace is the ultimate goal keeps me from lots of things. True. You know, keeps me from that vitality mm-hmm. and, and ultimately peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? And I think that that's when we benefit from our partners. You know, I love the fact that Nag is a four and that he has such a different way of going about things because it gets me out of my comfort zone. And many times I don't have to be the one choosing. Mm-hmm. I just choose to <laughs> just go along and I'm like, this is amazing. How did I get here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So others help us mm-hmm. through that process to, you know, not necessarily be thinking so much about, oh, it's, I have to be at peace. And so let's not rock the boat or do anything that might be risky or whatever. But then when you find yourself that you do that, that you put yourself out there and do things that would normally take too much energy to even plan or execute or whatnot, you find a lot of, not just comfort, but you feel good that you, that you did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we're, we're often drawn to aggressive numbers. Nines are, you know, we're, we're a little scared of them, but we're drawn to their energy. We'd like, we'd like a little of that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, One of the last things here we want to talk about is anger. Uh, So nines are in the anger triad. Of course, you saved it. I saved it for last. And um, which is interesting and feels like a disconnect for most folks and even nines who are not aware of it because we are so interested in and invested in peace and harmony. We actually can pretend that we're not angry at all. Mm -hmm. Um, We just and that's the whole gross passive aggressive piece mm-hmm. that we we dismiss anger or new try to neutralize it or whatever you want to say about that aggressive harmonizing mm-hmm. it's an that's such a great phrase and you it's can, so true uh, and you can also angrily talk about how you're not angry oh yes i've seen that happen 
in this house. Yeah. yeah. So and so we, what we do is we ignore our anger or numb it out. I think ignore is a good word because it can get in the way of our peace because mm-hmm. it takes up energy um, sometimes. But and what we don't realize that we're doing is that because just like eights and ones, anger is always right there below the surface. Um, we are actually angry a lot. And I like to tell people, if you want to see a nine's anger, get in the car with them. Mm. I mean, that is where, I don't know if it's true for you, Walter, but I am I am foul in the car commuting. Like I have to, I have to <laughs> self-talk to myself. Self-talk to myself. You mean angry at other drivers. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the things that come out of my mouth and... Um, <laughs> if people could read my lips and mm-hmm. I have to remind myself bef- like especially when I'm getting close to where I work people know you like this person could be following you into the garage you could work with this person right <laughs> you need to be nice right. like I have to talk myself down um it's kind of like we're all of it well and I'm, I have I think almost all nines I'm gonna it. say yeah, that I think yeah. it's like a form of safe anger for you it's because safe. you know you, you know, yes, someone could follow yes. you into the garage and you might know them. But in general, you're never going to have to deal with the repercussions of that road rage or whatever no. you want to call it. No I'm sure not all nines, maybe not all nines are road ragers, but all nines probably engage in some form of anger where they know no one can reciprocate yes. or see it or deal with it or, you know. Yes. So it might not be in the and car, it's, but it's very something. out of whack or disconnected from what it's disproportionate disproportionate yes well, to a what lot of it is internal mm-hmm. you're just in your mind mm-hmm. i think I, I let it out in the car <laughs> yeah well i'm not the one that does Scary. the driving more often oh, okay. yeah, there you go yeah so so that doesn't manifest yeah. in for me, you yeah for me but like, do you can you think of any ways in which you kind of allow yourself to be angry um yeah at work and mm-hmm. with with um work colleagues when they're not doing what's expected mm-hmm. yeah i have to uh manage it because mm-hmm. you know it's your job yeah but um yeah a lot a lot and yeah sometimes with accounts that you know what they expect or not or it's it's you know you have to kind of like process that and um mm-hmm. so in my case i would say that the situations where i see myself getting angry the most are also situations that require that i manage that that anger hmm. for the benefit of you're the responsible yeah mm-hmm. yeah i will i will say that for me accepting that i ha- have anger and that anger just like um for scott talked about how fear he actually would likes to worry he likes mm-hmm. that feels comfortable mm-hmm. shame feels comfortable to you elizabeth mm-hmm. that i g- get energy and it's protective for me, yes. right? So, yes. w- number one, for a nine to admit they're angry, and might not difficult. happen. It's difficult, <laughs> yeah. and it, to know that that's right there below the surface, and then to realize that I utilize that anger to protect myself, mm-hmm. and that it keeps me from being vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, whether I'm expressing it or not, whether it's conflictual or not. And I think that's oftentimes where the passive aggressive piece comes. And you mentioned. Um, a bit ago about Suzanne talking about a quiver. Mm-hmm. So she talks often about, and this is true, and this feels really shady and passive aggressive, is that even though we don't say out loud that we're anger, angry or um, share our disappointment or 
really anything about what we want or Mm -hmm. what we'd rather do, Mm -hmm. um, we still know generally what that is. Mm -hmm. And so when we have anger or feel slighted, we put it in our quiver, we put it or put it in the closet or file it away Mm -hmm. and have it right there to, um, to bring up to you mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. when we when we finally decide to to tell you that we're angry, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which and it, it feels like out. a pile on. It comes out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not very often in that way. Um, Do you feel but, like if if you're a nine and you're never really allowed to pile on or like have that that real expression of anger that you might kind of ha- be irritable or grumpy? Yeah, I think I, we oh, yeah. are irritable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that's that immediate like and dislike, but feeling like we can't actually express it. Mm -hmm. So if you were expressing your likes and dislike in real time, do you think you would be less grumpy? I'm not saying you're grumpy. I'm just saying, I'm just wondering out loud. Would have less of that internal conflict. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 But, you know, you said said that, and I thought, well, what's the point in that? Like, that seems so... um, who needs to know that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, all I of feel, that, right? I feel right that away. Way too. I thought that right away. Just <laughs> See that, isn't that that's funny? That real. That's real. Mm-hmm. Right that's I real. I just thought, who would? Why would I do that? Is yeah. When you when you just that example, just why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I think we've covered just about most things. Anything that you want to add, Walter? It's so good to have your perspective and well, voice. Well, to me, it has been great to learn more about myself. Yeah, um, yeah. Because the way that you have gone through our personality and mm-hmm. traits, it's, it's, a, it's a great roadmap for, to understand and to great tools to work yeah. with and um, come out of our comfort zone, or my comfort zone. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Or for me, I would just say to be awake. Yeah, to just... yeah. Be connected, live in life, and which yeah. can feel uncomfortable for nines. It can, yeah. And um, but yeah, I think that a good homework is to connect more with the people around me. Mm-hmm. In my case, and mm-hmm. uh, and because the care is there, it's 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 just sometimes you think, well, like we have said, they yeah. don't, don't need to know it, or they it doesn't matter much. It doesn't, mm-hmm. but it but it it does. People it do does. need to know, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Walter. Thank you. Thank you. This was great. Such great too. A great experience to be part of this. Okay. I just wanna lay in my bed. So this has been a lot of fun, Elizabeth Chapin. And we hope that you who are listening uh, also kind of get the deeper purpose of this work and learning of the Enneagram and that you'll join us by either visiting our website or Instagram to form community in Austin that's doing the big work of transforming and supporting one another uh, and being our true selves. So we are at Austin Enneagram. Uh, That's our website and our Instagram. Yeah. And if you want to contact us for workshops or questions. Mm -hmm. Or check out when we start doing number nights. Right. All of that will be through our Instagram, actually. We will announce our number nights through Instagram. Mm Mm-hmm. And also you can DM us through Instagram. Right now, I think that's the easiest way to get us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Just today I swear I'm not doing anything.